Good morning, Adam. Well, Jack. How are you doing today? I am excellent. <clears throat> excellent, excellent. We're going to rain out today, so our flowers are happy. We're getting a lot of rain this year. Good timing, though. You know, the grass is very green. That's the way it should be, not brown. Right. And uh, looks nice, you know? Been okay so far. <laughs> as long as we don't get any snow, we'll be all right. Not yeah, I got a few months for that, Jack. We should be okay. I think so. So we had a, an interesting week, and we'll have another interesting week coming up. And a new client. That's always nice to get a new client. Sure. Seems very eager and malleable and smart and all those good kind of things. And he's he's committed. He seems committed to really do some good things. So that's always fun to have. Agreed. We have a, a few very heady projects that you're, I know, deep into, into your, uh, uh, into your documentation and exploration and a little bit of research on uh, track with podcasts that we want to develop and just a lot of good stuff going on. Absolutely. So how do you, how do you manage that? You know, again, my name is Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my long-term partner in business coaching. That's what we are, business coaches. We've been doing this business coaching for probably close to 20 years. We have over 300 podcasts touching on our experiences with small businesses in coaching them. We've created a few tracks to do that with. One we call the Seven Keys of Success. And if you follow those, and that's what we coach around, your company will, too, be successful. They'll understand all about business, really, and what you're missing and how to solve problems that are very solvable. You know, there isn't, there isn't that much except for the product variations that, you know, we haven't seen in business. You're the product expert, but everything else we could teach you how to get good at in your organization. But... <clears throat> How do I how do I stop? How do I stop trying to be the guy who does it all? How do I do that? <clears throat> I I came up through the ranks, whatever that means, uh, understanding my product or service, and I now go into my practice with this this knowledge of experience that I have. And I tend to think I can do it easily with my my uh, organization, get people to just all of a sudden do things. And it doesn't quite work out like that. I have to commit to training. I have to get some expertise, really, to understand certain things that I'm not doing right. And that's what causes issues in a company. But doing it yourself, you do it because you don't have the confidence in your people the way you should and it can be very nerve nerve-wracking to go through the process while they're learning to do things that they have to do to have your business be successful so how do you stop trying to do it all well we can go on that's what we're going to talk about in the next half hour or so how do i stop trying to do it all well, you got to use your, your organization. You got to use it and you got to commit to it. 
And you probably, if you, you know, we deal with companies, 25 employees or less. And with that size organization, you're going to have a couple of key people. And those key people are the answer to you getting your organization to do the work for you, not you do the work. You do it in an oversight capacity. You don't actually push the shovel in the dirt. You basically, you basically are going to oversee this. And in order to do that, you have to understand the business in ways you probably don't have right now and go from there. Meetings, reports, instruction, it's kind of the the mix that makes it all up. <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, it's a lot of good stuff, Jack. And uh, yeah, welcome everybody to, to, to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. This is episode three twenty eight. As Jack said, we have over three hundred episodes that we've been we've been sharing different tidbits and wisdom as it relates to small business, how to run it, and and one of the the, the common challenges we're talking about today, which is you know, doing it all yourself. So how would somebody kind of know this, Jack, right? I guess one of the things that, that that often strikes me with this topic is that as a small business owner, so many feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And again, it comes down to like, again, having to do everything myself, especially, especially if I want it done right. You know, one of those kind of things. <laughs> and we hear about, well, how do I get people to take ownership and stuff and all these kind of different phrases that you know maybe you've heard uttered or maybe you've you've said them yourselves right yeah because what happens is at this at the same time of trying to do everything or do everything right well you're not the expert in everything right and, and, you know even though many folks might think you have all the answers or expect you to have all the answers because you are after all the business owner so it can be uh it can be a very lonely spot and so what's that lonely business owner to do when you feel overwhelmed, like you're you're stretched, I uh, was a Stretch Armstrong, and that the the one the little cartoon character or the Stretch boy, Armstrong, right? That's that should probably be the the uh, mascot for the small business owner, Stretch Armstrong. I never, I never heard of Stretch Armstrong. No, it's like the, it's like uh, almost like silly putty kind of. Thing. It's a it's a guy, and you stretch him. You can pull his arms, and you know, pull his legs, pull his head, pull his body. Like, <clears> stretched in all different kind of ways you know you stretch but don't break hopefully is the idea right you keep getting keep that getting was that, that was before that was before my time i think <laughs> <laughs> well you try to you try to bed but don't break you, you keep stretching and 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 all there's a fine line between the growing pains of learning some new things and also being stretched so far that you you, know, you just can't you can't get stuff done, you know? And so, so I guess <coughs> sort of, and we haven't gotten this far in technology yet, Jack, you know, although someday this might be happening soon. So short of cloning yourself, right? Or also, you know, you know, to be able to kind of do this work and kind of divide and conquer. <clears throat> but even that wouldn't necessarily, I don't think, solve the issue. Again, coming back to, if we're trying to avoid doing it all ourselves, what does that mean? You know, you touched on some, some key topics here in, here in the opening, Jack, about you know, trying to tie into your team. Well, do you trust your team to get stuff done? Do you have? See, that's the heart. That's the heart of most of the problems, right? Yeah. Well, do you have do you have some good people on board? You know, if because if you don't, it's gonna it's gonna limit your growth. If if it's always kind of falling on your shoulders as the owner, that's naturally going to limit the growth of the business. 
There are only so many hours in the day. There are only you know so many skills that, that you have. There's only, there's only so many things that are available. So if you aren't going to start to work with and through your team, it becomes very, very difficult. And so as, as the company starts to kind of grow, again, usually day one, it's easy to keep your hands on everything, Jack, right? You're there. The, the variables aren't, aren't too great. It says you start to maybe add people to your team. So you start adding your first employees. And you start to get to the point where it becomes a bit overwhelming, where it feels <laughs> like it's 24-7. It's nonstop. And then it becomes hard to get out of that. If you're putting in 80-hour weeks, how do you stop? How do you slow down? I don't have time to figure out how to how to how to fix the problem right it's almost like they're in a you you, you can get stuck in a in a a never-ending loop all right and then one day rolls into the next into the next and next thing you know it's months or years later and Boy, so isn't that, that the truth that's the truth yeah and it's it's a common common challenge that, that we see and so what we've come down to we we, we often will talk about good people and the impact that a good person can have, just one good person could have in your organization. And first of all, it starts with us trying to define what the role of the owner is. And so you mentioned we have, we have a new client you know, coming on board and you know, we have a little questionnaire we have our clients kind of fill out when we first have them start with us. And it's a great way to get a, a snapshot of kind of where their head's at at that point in time. And as you mentioned, Jack, our seven keys and, and the questions we ask usually are, 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 are revolving around those seven keys for us to get a sense in terms of where they are in terms of those seven keys. Because what we find is people have those seven keys in place in some form or fashion, perhaps, and we still need to see what's there. But one of the questions we ask them is, what is your job description as an owner in three words? And even though we tell them you know, during the interview process, we, we usually tell them what the answer is. It's amazing how few of them actually put the answer down because once they're, they're filling it out, they, they start putting it kind of kind of where they are. And I think the number one answer over the years, Jack, has been a three-word answer. And the, the, the three words are, do it all, right? That's that's probably the, the number one answer that, that we've seen over you know 20 years of doing this. But the do it all three words are not our three words that we help describe that your your role and your job as the owner are. Instead, we say it's these three words, plan, direct, and control. Plan, direct, and control. Think about that. Yeah, think about those three words for a second. <clears throat> it encapsulates everything that goes on in any business anywhere in the world, for-profit, non-profit. That's the job. That's the job of uh, the, the CEO to make sure those three things are prospering in the in the uh, operation. <clears throat> right. And if your if your approach is the do it all approach, chances are you're doing very little to none of the plan, direct, and control. Right. You you know maybe you have a little bit of plan. The plan say hey, what's the plan for today? What do I want to do today? <laughs> I want to make sure we get done today. But the, the planning, if you think about it, you said you think about it from a big picture, the planning part is what's the plan? What's the plan for the long term? You know, what are you trying to do? You know, where do you see your business in five to 10 years? You know, that's a plan. What's your plan for this year? What's your plan to make money this year? What's that look like? How about for this quarter, for this month, for the week, for today? What's the plan? That is, that is one of those 
ongoing questions that you as the owner should be asking not only yourself, but your team. That's how we stay in, in good communication. Make sure we're on the same page, Jack, right? If I ask you what the plan is for today, and I have a plan in mind, what I think the plan should be today, and if your plan matches that, we're great. Fantastic, Jack. So sounds like a great plan. Let me know how, how I can help, and I, then I get out of the way. Now, if your plan and my plan don't quite sync up, well, hey, let's make sure we talk about that. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> get everybody, so, and I like to say, get everybody on the same page. Right. And it's not difficult to do if you commit to it. You got to commit to it, though. Well, you got to discipline yourself not to be grabbing shiny, shiny objects as they come through. You got to <laughs> just stick with the mundane, if you will. Well, it's amazing, Jack, what a five-minute daily touch can do to make sure that's the case, right? Whether it yeah. be beginning of the day, end of the day, just say, and you can be simple as the simple agenda. You know, if it's if it's a uh, a morning five-minute touch, okay, what happened yesterday that I need to be aware of, and what's the plan for today? And you know, what got done? You know, we we had our plan yesterday. How do we do? Do we, we get the things done that we want to want to get done or not? If not, they're going to carry over to today, and let's make sure we get them done today. But it's keeping that kind of very focused, you know, that it, it, it then ties into the plan. So the direction comes from, again, stuff like that. Okay, we're having those those simple meetings. That's where that's where, where part of the control comes in. We start to, to, to directing. The, the directing is a word people often use is delegate. Um, so maybe it's a more popular word. We like the word direct because, again, you're, you're, you're directing activity. And a delegate almost feels like I'm taking a big weight off my shoulders. I'm dumping it on you, Jack. That's almost what, to me, what, what delegate kind of feels like. Versus we're going to direct the activity. We're going to direct what's going to go on. I got to come back to what's the plan and let's make sure that that the person or, or the people who are doing it have everything everything that they need to make sure that that plan becomes reality, that they're able to execute that plan. And having that control in terms of having some regular meetings to make sure that we're all on that same page, having some reports to be able to look at. So the, the idea is to get that plan direct control kind of going, which is starting to work through your organization. And so if we come back to this one good person idea, you know, the idea being if we have a good person to work with Jack, it's amazing how quickly that relief starts to happen. And, you know, so, so how do we identify what a good person is or what, what we need that person to do? And for us, it usually starts with trying to get, get everything kind of laid out and what's happening as part of the business. You know, what's, you know, what are all the activities that are going on? And it could be as simple as just listing, you know, list out the the hundred things that you and your team are doing right now. Just get them listed out. You know, get them out of your head. Throw them up on a whiteboard, some flip chart sheets, piece of paper. You know, get it out though, so we can be looking at it and talking about it because we need to get it organized a little bit. So if we have a hundred different things going on, well, guess what? You're not good at all hundred of those things. People on your team are probably not good at all those 100 things. So, hey, where do we have some gaps in the organization? What's holding us back? What one change or what, what one kind of person coming in could help us move forward? So starting to get the, some of those things kind of figured out. And maybe it's, you know, one of the, the, the least favorite areas that, that the many small business owners have, Jack, is more on the administrative side. So one thing yeah, they, they just like it. They just like it immensely, and they usually aren't schooled in it, little experienced. So, right. yes, yeah, very common. 
Well, you were saying at the outset, Jack, about you know how the 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 owner usually is a product or service expert, and so we didn't touch on our you know, our three circles. Is one of the ways we we look at a business too, and you got the three areas that we call them the, 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 the three circles. One is the product service, the second one's the marketing and sales, and the third area is the administration, which is all the other stuff. So the the people, the numbers, the planning, all the legal stuff, all, you know, all that all that stuff. And so usually the, the people don't get into business for all that stuff, Jack. Right? They, get, they got into business because, yeah, they're really good at, at, at whatever their product or service was, or maybe they're really good at marketing and sales to be able to kind of grow stuff, but usually they aren't getting into business to, to do all the other stuff. And so you start to try to figure out, well, what stuff are you good at? What stuff are you not good at? And so often they, 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 they try to find somebody to come in and handle all those other things. And again, come back to that delegate. You know, to, to me, delegate's kind of like the word abdicate, which you're, you're basically just kind of throwing it over that, you know, over the wall. Let somebody else take care of it. So you aren't, you're, you're hoping it gets done, but you aren't directing the activity. You're just, you're throwing it over there. So we want to figure out what holes do we have? What do we need? And if it's, you know, so we've had a lot of clients over the years have had tremendous success with, you know, with things like this, right? So one of the biggest gating items of growth, Jack, we know is if your numbers are a mess, if you can't track how things are going, and as as the company starts to grow, again, you've got more variables happening. You've got more people involved. You've got more customers involved. You've got more vendors involved. Just more stuff happening. So one of the ways that you keep control of that is through the financials, through the numbers. <clears throat> You'll see how we're doing. Are, are we making money or not? You know, In, indispensable with thousands of years of practice to get it perfected. You know, generating financial statements and and the rules and, and regulations to do that is proven itself a million times over. You know, to to be articulate with that, with the profit and loss and a balance sheet, to just understand what those mean. Add your your possible uh, business success tremendously. It's just I, I can't see how somebody could run a company without understanding the financials. So that's something we focus on early and often. Right. And if you try to imagine if your financials aren't in good shape at a very early stage, you start to add more variables. It's like almost like a picture driving a car. You're starting out at a couple of miles an hour, then you're up to 10 miles an hour and you're up to 30 miles an hour. Well, if you start going, you know, it becomes harder and harder to control stuff. If, you know, the faster things go, more things are happening. So if, if your things are a mess to start with, you start adding more variables, more things going on. It's not going to get easier or better. It's going to get more out of control. And so that's part of, you know, often part of the overwhelmed feeling is not necessarily having those kind of controls in place to be able to see what's happening. And it's hard to, to, to say that the hundreds of owners that we've that we've worked with over the years and, and, and hundreds and thousands more that we've met, Jack, most of them are not spending any time with their financials. And if you ask them, ask them directly, the owners, well, are you making money? How do you know, right? How, how do you know if you're making money or not? What does it look like right now? You know, what's this month look like? What's this quarter look like? So many don't have any idea what's going on. They're just, again, it's just putting one foot in front of the other, day in and day out, trying to just you, you keep kind of grinding ahead and saying, well, someday we'll magically work out. So one of the things that we, we've learned early on, like you said, Jack, is we'll go in and we'll start day one. You know, one of the first things we have our clients do is present their numbers wherever they are in terms of the, the, their numbers day one, because it gives us a sense in terms of how how good or bad are things right now in terms of you know what kind of control they have in place. Because we know if we don't have good numbers in place, 
it becomes difficult to grow. How do you yeah, make how decisions? do you make right? How do you make decisions about yeah. hiring people, about buying this, about committing this, about paying off uh, debt faster, whatever it's going to be? How do you do that without good, understandable numbers? Yeah, we hear it all the time, Jack. People will you come back to, I don't have time to kind of pull the stuff together. Or how do we afford to, 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 to hire somebody? You know, we can't afford that person. We say, what do you mean you can't afford them? How do you know you can't afford the person? All right, you get, they don't know. Because again, it's all coming. It's it's a an emotional, often gut reaction of pushback. And, and many of the owners just constantly think about, well, that's more money going out then. All right, that's money out of my pocket or something. The way that they're approaching it isn't they're thinking about a, a profit and loss statement and, they, and they're seeing revenues and expenses and they're seeing the profit at the end. And they're, yeah, if I add people here, yeah, maybe the short term is going to bring my profit down, but that person coming in is going to add value to the company that's going to increase our profits over time. Either they make us more efficient or they help us bring more sales in or whatever it might be. They're going to help us grow our profits eventually, right? And so if you aren't thinking in terms of growing your profits or know how to even frame that, you're stuck at going with your gut. And that doesn't always reassure you as an owner that you're making the right decisions or know what's going on or it can delay those those decisions in happening. And so, you know, we've we've had clients that um, have been very good about getting their their house in order, so to speak, in terms of their their numbers pretty early on. Also, a number of clients that just kind of go, and they just aren't willing to wait. They they kind of go and go and go. At some point, you got to pause, though. You got to pause and stop the insanity of the growth to take a breath. Because if things are out of control or feeling overwhelmed now, well, how do you get out of that? You got to do something different. And often, just again, bringing somebody in, bringing a a good person in, can help with that. So for you, though, it's deciding what that good person looks like. You're going to come back to where are some of the holes and weaknesses? And so many times over the years, we've had clients where they've hired folks and maybe it's somebody on the financial side. You know, you may refer to it as a bookkeeper versus there's a CFO on the top end or bookkeeper on the bottom end, let's say, Jack, right? You got a bunch of spots in between. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So chances are, if you're if you're a five or six person company, you probably don't need a CFO, right? But you you sort of need somebody maybe help them take care of the books and making sure that those are in kind of good working order, and you have information on a re, uh, on a uh, on a regular basis, on a month to month basis to look at versus, you know, many or most owners will sit down with their CPA at least once a year, Jack, right, and go through um, their tax returns or other stuff like that. But often that's happening in March or April, where it's reflecting on a year that was, and so you're you're at best four months out, and at, at worst sixteen months out from stuff that happened. So you want to be getting more information in real time, and so the numbers are often a, a place where people will start. Often it's often it could be on the on the production side as well in terms of what you're doing for your product or service. So it comes down to you as the owner starting to direct this stuff. Come back to that plan, direct control. So directing what activities, you know, what's the biggest holes? What are the things that you know maybe you or some of your team members are doing that you absolutely hate and you're just not really very good at? Maybe stick those all up in one, one piece of paper. Here, you know, we have a list of 10 or 15 different duties that are happening as part of our company that we we know we have, we have to get done, but we, 
we just aren't good at it or we don't like to do. You know, are those 15 things something that somebody else could do? Maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe you have somebody who could, who could do five or eight of those things. It starts to kind of come down to frame what's needed next and who would be that next hire that would help you with your business. But it, it starts with you as the owner trying to figure out in terms of, okay, how do you start to kind of know here's here's what I need to bring in next? Here's the skills or or experiences that we're missing as part of our organization. And the focus on the organization chart, one of the the uh, the keys, the keys to success allow you to really, you know, start to pull this together. And if you understand, you understand the capabilities somewhat of your workforce, that's how you basically start to delegate, put that in quotes. Uh, that's how you start to pull away from doing it all yourself. You see a training program, if you will, the, the rationale for taking time for some, some people to get what we'll call training and understand what's involved and take a few months to, to do that. That's how you basically pull yourself away from doing everything. Because you start with maybe one partner, maybe. You start it by yourself, your company. And you're busy. Your your whole entire week becomes 80-hour weeks, or it can for sure, maybe more. You're always living your business. And you, you're constantly saying, I need somebody else. I need somebody else. And then they, you get somebody else, and you don't take the time to train. Or unless Adam's talking about what Adam's talking about is a good person who can pick up when they come in and help you run the company too. Now we got two good brains working on the company and 160 hours a week. It's it's a slow growth kind of thing. But so many owners just don't do it right. They do it on the cheap. They won't hire somebody who's uh, maybe overpaid in quotes, who could come in and add so much to your organization and knock your socks off. It, it uh, It's just, you know, it, it's, proven itself time and time again that we've seen personally one person comes in and and uh, you know the chemistry is right with that person and you and that's how really somebody takes takes burdens off of your back and it's 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 hard to get that one person that good person but you keep trying for it when you get it keep it don't lose it <laughs> And, and again, it's it's something that may not happen right the first time. So we've had clients over the years, and you know, it often starts with with the production side of things, right? So as you're delivering your product or service, you know, you have to sort of kind of get out of that as the owner. And so we had a client um, for for years, and and early on in the growth, was trying to find you know this was an engineering uh, related client, and trying to find somebody kind of in charge of the engineers, and he went through five or six different people to try to find that right person, you know? And, you know, every time you hired the person, they thought that that new person coming in was the right person, Jack. Right. And then within two, three, four months, they would show themselves and maybe not to be the right person. And so one of the keys there though, is to make a decision and say, Hey, good to have a person in here. This is the wrong person. We need to find a different person. Right. And so, too often people will will go out and hire somebody, Jack, and then keep them. 
even though they kind of know there's some yellow flags or pink flags or red flags that pop up pretty soon after they hire them, they try to work with them and fix them and make them make them different, right? And as you've stated so many times on this show, Jack, about your feelings about reclamation projects, those are one of your favorite things, aren't they? Oh, they are. I just I love to take those on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so, 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 you know, that, that happens, you know, we, we, we had a landscaping client of ours who was building his team out and again, ha having to go through people, it took several years to, to start to kind of build that team up, but it was a commitment to kind of to, 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 to seeing, even if it wasn't the right person coming in to start with, you can still feel a bit of relief because they're starting to take things on. They're starting to add to the organization. Or as you were mentioning before, if you bring people in who are, you said overpaid or, People often will worry about hiring somebody who's overqualified. Play this person's overqualified for the for the position. We say, great, grab them with both hands and bring them in, because that person is really going to be able to, to to deliver some value to your organization. Even if they only stay for three months or six months, they're going to add to your organization, and you're going to be better educated. Right? This is like uh, I got some teenagers, Jack, and talk about dating. Right? And so, you know, it's rare. You know, there's still some stories out there. You know, a guy in my Rotary Club, you know, was a gal he met in fourth grade. He wound up marrying her, right? You know, or the high school sweethearts. That they, we, we, maybe we all know somebody like that, but those are more unusual stories. So much like dating, where it's it's rare that the first person you date is the person you're going to marry or be with, you know, for, you know, long term. Same thing's often true for for hiring people. So chances are maybe the first person you hire for this role won't won't be quite that right fit, but they might be. But if, if they aren't, that doesn't mean you, you stop doing it, right? You go on your first dates and all of a sudden didn't work out well. That's it. I'm done with that dating thing, Jack. That's it. Drop that thing, right? <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. So be committed to it. You, you mentioned that before, Dave. You know, be committed to making sure you try to find this right person. You know, maybe, you know, your, your role or your, your um, approach to date has been, you know, we've had clients where they love to hire Family and friends, Jack. You know, we had we've had clients where it's been, you know, literally years or decades that the only people that were hired were friends and family. Well, maybe you go outside of that family and friend tree and try to find somebody else. And we've had clients that were amazed, like all of a sudden, hey, I bring somebody in who's not family related, and it's amazing how good they are, how the drama's gone, and how they add value. It's like you know that they're shocked at just I don't know that there are these kind of people out there, you know. So starting to kind of look around and see and do things a little bit, do things a little differently. And and even if you're having some successes, you know, we've had clients where they've, we've helped them grow beyond that 25 employee level, Jack, and they, they keep kind of growing yet. They maybe haven't had, they're still a little bit out of control. And so usually at, at that point, you, you need to bring in more of that kind of controller or CFO level type person. And they come in and add all, add all kinds of value to the organization. And we've done that with lots of clients like that to help them kind of bring that kind of a person on board because they can then help you grow even further. So if you've grown, if you've, you've grown to 10, 15, 20 employees, if you were trying to grow to 40 or 50 or 100 employees, well, you need some different people to help you get there. And there are folks who've been there before that you want to be able, be able to bring into the organization because they know what things look like and sound like and should feel like, whereas maybe you don't. That's a good point, Adam. That's a, that's a good point. Because they don't know, they being the business owners often don't know what they don't know. So it's hard to to communicate, you know, what a good person would do to your organization, how it would lift you. That's how you you end up delegating using that word. 
where you have the confidence that somebody can uh, do the job well. And a good person, the way we're talking right now, has those skills to add value quickly. They don't have to have a, a big learning curve rope that they have to climb. They can come in, uh, be three quarters of the way up the rope. Just have to really tailor make it to your product and service. But organizations are the same. You know, the, the kinds of things that a company needs in terms of meetings and reports, they're all proven out. You don't have to reinvent them. So if, if you want to unload somebody who's on your back and have help making decisions that, that come with experienced, qualified people, get them. Get them. You know, if you end up paying a little more for them because we don't have HR statistics and adjusted for geographic uh, locations and it's a price range of uh, this to that, you know, if you if you get that big corporate approach to things, it's not going to work, and it usually doesn't. People who advise you will use their corporate background to advise you, and we will we will go contrary to that. And it's proven itself out. It's rare that when we when we uh, advise and they take a the, the the thought process of getting a good person and overpaying for them. It always works out, almost, always. The value added is tremendous. So that's how you do it, folks. And and to get it started, to kind of you know, get you excited about trying something like this, so again, come back to the whole plan, You know, can you picture a world where you're just doing the things day in and day out that you're really good at and you really enjoy? Let me say that again. That you're day in and day out, you're doing the things in your business that you're really good at and you really enjoy. Because I'll tell you what, uh, chances are you're not doing things that you're good at and, and that you enjoy day in and day out as part of your business. If you're like most owners right now, you're doing all things that nobody else wants to do. And often the things that you, that you aren't good at and, and you, you don't really enjoy doing either, but it has to get done. So part of this, the idea of the plan is you want to lay out a plan that where you're going to make sure that that happens. Picture that world where, whether it be a year from now or five years from now, here you are doing those things that you really are good at and, and really enjoy. And imagine how you're feeling at that point, how your stress levels are at that point in terms of what's going on with the business versus where you are today. That's how you start to kind of get there. You start getting those things down. So you want to make sure that as you're, as you're bringing folks in that you don't give up the things that you're really good at. That's a big part of why you're there. You, you want to make sure you're playing to your natural strengths as well. That's a big deal to make sure that you're enjoying day in and day out what's going on as well. There are too many right. people too many owners, Jack, that we've seen that are miserable. Well, let's look at look at the failure rate on, on companies. They, the owners never get that, that segment of what business is about. They never get it. So it never gets in their company. And they keep often laboring in the company by doing, like you're saying, a lot of stuff that they don't want to do and they aren't good at. But they're doing it because they can't afford, they say, to uh, do it differently. Well, that's because they don't have the reporting in place. They don't have the organization in place. They don't have the documentation that that uh, can allow them to manage the company, you know, through the numbers, through the processes. That's really what it takes to get people unloaded off your back. So, so that's that's a little bit. In terms of how to 
how to stop trying to do it all yourself. Because it's a common it's a common challenge. And, and and whether you're feeling it today, you felt it recently, or you see it coming, there's ways around that. And again, if you're trying to grow and do that, there's lots of ways to find those good people to kind of get it laid out there. But there's lots of ways to kind of start to stop trying to do it all yourself. That's not that's not the goal. The goal uh, of being a business owner is not to be doing everything, not to do it all. It's the plan, direct control. Remember that. Not to do it all. But that's the wrong three words. Plan, direct control is what, what you're trying to do from that standpoint. And that's it's very right. possible. Amen. Yeah, Amen. it's very possible, and, and and it's a way it's a way to go about doing it to make sure that everybody's enjoying things much better from that standpoint. So, all right, so that's our show for this week. Appreciate you all listening and being part of it. Uh, if you like what you heard, like I mentioned, this is episode 328. We have another 327 episodes. You can get them all at our website, 30secretsofsmallbusiness.com. Uh, better yet, you can go to your favorite podcast player, whether it be Spotify, iHeart, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, you name it. You can subscribe if you search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can subscribe. We usually drop a new episode every Thursday, and you should be able to get all the old episodes there as well. Um, if you have comments, questions, things that aren't being covered, uh, if you go to our website, again, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com, and click on the Episodes tab, you'll see a search bar there. You can search for whatever topic you care about. So whether it be something like we had today, in terms of stop doing it all yourself, uh, put that question in there or that topic in there. It'll feed back to you all the shows we've done on that topic. If none of those kind of uh, hit, hit your fancy, shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 330-849-0670. Be happy to answer your questions directly or do like we did today, put together a show because chances are if you have a question or concern, other owners do as well. So that's what we got for you today. Appreciate you being part of the show and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye now.